0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. I had a chance to speak with the members of the band Princess Goes, featuring lead singer Michael C. Hall. Yes, the same Michael C. Hall, who was in Dexter and Six Feet Under, keyboardist Matt Katz-Bowen, who was in Blondie, and drummer Peter Yankowitz, who was in Morningwood and The Wallflowers. They just released their amazing second album, Come of Age. We'll talk about that. They're also planning a uh, tour beginning in December, talk about how the band got together, and, of course, I had to throw in a Dexter question. Hopefully not the same one that everyone has asked. Really enjoy my conversation with the guys, and I hope you do as well. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. So, the second half. Sure. Album- come of age this is fantastic uh it seems like you guys really i want to say matured since the first a- album that's not fair but it's it seems like you guys are like a well-oiled machine now thank you man so uh so peter like do you feel like you guys have a lot more like the instruments played like a bigger role on, on this album
1: yeah um yeah we did add a little bit more guitar <laughs> a little more guitar than we have in the past two releases and uh think maybe the the tone of this album is a little more unique to the other two but uh, yeah i think we started it on our first ep of just sort of being cross a band that crosses genres and um come of ages is got a little bit of you know everything but i think it hangs together yeah really glad you like it man thanks
0: yeah, yeah and you, you mentioned like you know crosses genres what do you i mean obviously record sales mean nothing now but like if you guys performed the you know in a band like 20 30 years ago would it that have been like kind of like troublesome crossing genres because you you, know, you should be pigeonholed into one genre does that even matter anymore now i
1: don't think so what do you guys think
2: yeah i don't know like if you listen to an album like sergeant pepper there's there's right. quite quite a lot of genre crossing on there um same with a band like Blondie. There's a bunch of genre crossing. Even, you know, Bowie was known to sort of dabble in, in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, punk and funk. and. So I don't know
0: if it necessarily would be such a bad thing. To right. Hear. Yeah. And two of the artists you mentioned, you know, uh, obviously the Beatles and Bowie, I always say they're probably the two biggest influences and, like, biggest job creators in the arts. Both of everyone points to one of those two as a particular influence did uh i know michael uh, you have sung in front of bowie and worked with him Um, uh, was he a big influence in you
3: yeah i was definitely a fan um of his um you know from the time i was in the chance to work uh on that production and 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 with him and and to meet him uh, like deepened my Appreciation for his his music and also just to him as a person, but uh, yeah, he's definitely definitely an influence um, and uh, an influence musically. And I think someone who always captivated me uh, as as an actor because he he shape um the the sort of persona. Uh, through which he was, you know, performing his songs over the course of his career. Even within a song, there would be what felt like maybe three different voices or characters coming through. Um, so, yeah, huge.
0: Yeah. It seemed like, you know, back then, it was okay to be an entertainer. He was an entertainer. <laughs> because he wore many hats. Now, do you feel like they try to, like, just label you as an actor? Now you're just doing, you know, now you've got this band. There's other actors who, you know, do bands as well. Do you feel that you're just should be an entertainer as one particular label?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do, I do love um Bowie's era. And then before that, you know, we're we're I mean, everybody was like a song and dance man, you know. Right. I mean, well, uh, you know, Rat Pack. <laughs> James, James Cagney. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. And I mean, I you know, whatever whatever the trend is in terms of pigeonholing people and how one thing maybe pigeonholes you more than another thing, I kind of leave that to, you know, whoever's a part of the committee that's making those decisions. I don't really worry about it. You right. Know? Yeah. It kind of takes care of itself. But um, I, I definitely didn't feel like there was anything um, official saying that I couldn't do yeah, this. Right. Um, I didn't. I wasn't breaking any laws, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah now, do you feel like obviously you're no stranger to being on the stage, you know, singing, you know, musicals and and stuff like that. Is there a different mindset going into being yourself in a, in the band as opposed to performing as a character?
3: Um. <clears throat> yes and no. I mean, you know, there's there's um there's no script. But there is a script because there are songs, and those songs have lyrics, and so you 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 know prepared and and um, um, I mean I think once once the ball is rolling, you know once once the performance is happening, performing is performing, you know, and and every every play versus musical versus um, show that we've done, you know, they all have their own sort of identity or personality that develops um so um ultimately it's more fundamentally the same than it is different you know being i think the this i certainly think that performing on stage with a band is 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 a lot more analogous to performing as an actor on stage than doing it in front of a camera right i mean and uh i would say it's i would even say that acting on stage is more like being in a band than it is like being on a movie set you know it's it's all about sharing the the space in the moment live with an audience and your fellow performers and um so in that sense it is it is comparable to performing live as a as a as an actor and um i don't know but there's probably a character um who develops you know i think all of us have a way of being the three of us on stage that that is uh you know different than the way we are otherwise so um you know whether whether they're you know character names and a list of characters at the beginning of a play they they they're still characters
0: (laughs) so matt how did you guys meet
2: um how did we meet this is um it's funny you should ask that actually um so i go way back with peter i've known him since um early 2000s in the sort of new york rock and roll and indie sleaze scene and um he had a band called Morningwood. i had a band called daddy um and you know we would sort of we sort of knew of each other but then we got closer um on Hedwig, which was a musical on Broadway where right. Peter was the drummer and Mike was, you know, Hedwig. Um, and the two of them worked together and they were in the band every night and they were rocking out every night, albeit in a fake band or a theatrical band production. Um, and then I joined on as uh, assistant music director. I did the tour of the US and Peter and I started hanging more. Um, we started jamming. Uh, When we all got back to town, we got back to New York, we started recording those jams. And then um, Peter and Mike were hanging out and they went to dinner once and Peter played Mike some of the stuff we were working on, which was just a lot of it was mostly drums and keyboard. I would be at the keyboard, Peter would be at the drums. And Mike, you know, noticed that there weren't any vocals on there. And um, I think he said he would take a shot at putting some vocals on there. And then luckily, the results just sort of blew all of our minds and and exceeded our expectations. And we said, wow, this is really something special that's worth pursuing here. And so we did. And that was um, the first song that I heard Mike do vocals on. It's called Love American Style. EP which is it's all out
0: there it's all online everywhere so why did um, Peter why did you guys shorten the name
1: uh, yeah we we used to be called princess goes to the butterfly museum and we we felt like princess should be able to go wherever the hell she wants and we you know we it was a mouthful I think when you what was it Mike when you hold your phone up horizontally oh, it, yeah when
3: you hold it this way, it would often say "princess goes to the butt," <laughs> uh, and so I mean, which is fine, yeah. but that's uh, <laughs> not exactly what we were going. Anyway, it was it was a combination of things. A lot of venues charge for the kiosk by the letter that was getting really expensive. Um, Letters like
4: yeah,
2: bitcoin or dollars or whatever. <laughs>
3: And yeah so. and it gets exponentially more expensive once you get behind but anyway
0: <laughs> and then a second row and everything like that that's just gonna yeah you get it
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> totally <laughs> now yeah, peter i love morningwood by the way it's fantastic Thank you. yeah sure yeah i was still some of it uh last week really wow. yeah so the process of making a song is it different each time like do you Michael do you present them with the lyrics and the music follows or is that just happens organically each time
3: there's no formula like i mean there have been times where, i don't think actually the one you just presented i don't think has ever happened where i present lyrics just without any music or anything um there have been times where I've had some like melodic ideas that had lyrics that I shared and built songs from there. But as many as much or more often it's a musical idea that Peter has, or Matt has, or that Matt and Peter came up with, or in some instances that the three of us maybe discovered together, but, um, we, we do it. And as Peter says, you know, we're just trying to, um, find songs or catch them however we can you know and then and, and um yeah there's there's all kinds of different ways that we've um we've come upon songs
0: now with, with this album it seems like it flows like beautifully from offering you know all the way down to floating um is an order, an order like is that imperative in making an album you go into you know into the recording session knowing you have particular order of songs in mind or just kind of happens
1: it definitely happens after a lot of thought and after the fact I think once you have the group I don't know Mike said recently that it was like a seating a, di- a dinner party you know and how you seat people will dictate like what kind of night and what kind of how the conversation will go on I think sequencing as a perfect metaphor for sequencing you know we're interested in making albums from start to finish, all killer, no filler. <laughs> that's my new, mm-hmm. my, new, my new slogan, all killer, no filler. <laughs> um, no, just try to, you know, I think an album is sort of like a conversation we are having with our community out there that's listening to us. And and uh, it's so important. Our first full-length, thanks for coming, our mixer, uh, Brandon Boast, actually suggested a sequence that we stuck with for that, and that we were really like... I think we were all struck by how strong his his sequence was. And and then for Come of Age, we did it just the three of us sending ideas around. And it seemed like offering was a no brainer because of that drone and how the album starts. Seemed like it had to go first and floating also seemed like a, such a great kiss goodbye for this album.
5: so far from knowing
1: I think everything else in the middle had, you know, to be massaged in there. But yeah, we, we, we were really stoked on the way it turned out.
0: Right. And what you mentioned the dinner party reference, so you don't want to have any songs disagree with each other, right? You're like a crazy aunt and like a relative. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Hear the old yeah,
0: right. <laughs> that, that taking really-
1: home the real bitch. Yeah.
0: Sorry. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who is uh, beja
3: Actually, those lyrics were inspired by um, on our first tour of the UK and Ireland. um, We uh, played with this woman who opened for us, whose stage name is Beja Flo. And we were really captivated by her as a person and the stories she told and the way she performed. um, And I just felt like that's Beja is just such a. A beautiful um, thing to sing. It's like a beautiful way to start a song. And um, Peter had this musical idea that that he shared shortly after we got back. And um, and that's yeah. And so so those lyrics were inspired by by her. I mean, I don't want her to feel in any way bound by or obligated by the the leaping off point that she that she gave us. But uh, but yeah, yeah that's that's who Beja is, which was fun because we were just in the um UK and Europe and the UK shows, uh she joined us again. So we were able to uh we were able to play that song and let the audience know that that amazing woman they just saw inspired uh the song we were about to play and um that was fun. What was her reaction to the song? She hated it. <laughs> she uh... <laughs> No, I think I think she liked it. If she if she didn't, then she did a really good job of convincing us she did. I think she was really touched, and uh, and she's she's told us that uh she's gonna she's gonna write one for us or with us in mind. Um, so you know, no pressure, but that would be fun to hear.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Has anyone ever come up to you, Michael, and said like this song meant so much to me, and give you the reasons why, and then? You just think to yourself, this is not what the song was intended to be.
4: Mm. Um,
3: I mean, people have let me—maybe not in the same conversation. People have let me know that the music means a lot to them, and 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 and. Uh, but maybe that hasn't been followed by them telling me why and having them. I don't know i mean honestly i feel like a song can mean whatever you want it to mean uh, once 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 we share it with the world I, I feel like it belongs to the listener you know and whatever we meant it to mean or meant the lyrics to mean or whatever you know that's um what it means what it means to somebody else is, is none of our business you know so if, if somebody interprets Uh, one of our songs or the lyrics to our songs in a way that is out of sync with something we intended. I I think that's great. You know, (laughs) it's like I mean, as long as they're not like inspired me to, you know, do something horrible, right? (laughs) Uh, But 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 no, I mean, I think I think that that's the part of the fun of things being kind of inscrutable or opaque or like open to interpretation and um. You know that's a part of the fun of it there are, there's many sort of ways of interpreting a song as there are people who encounter it. so I wouldn't I wouldn't like condemn somebody for having a different take on a song than maybe I did because right it's theirs as much as it's mine. So Matt, when
0: do you know when an album is done? Oh,
2: good. How how do you know when the album is done? Um, you just feel like it's 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 just time. I mean, you can tinker endlessly. There's always the temptation to remix endlessly and tinker. And um, we have pretty amazing tools at our disposal, including our mix engineer Brandon Boats, who's just an incredible incredible human being. Um, and uh he gets us and he is you know partially responsible for the way the album sounds obviously he mixed it um like the song blur for example started off one way um and we were playing it live and it was more sort of sounded more traditional um traditional band-ish uh little (laughs) u2e vibe and then peter and brandon sort of broke it down to its more basic elements and it re-emerged as kind of a, a synth-pop banger um, and you know luckily Michael's vocals worked beautifully on both versions And then, you know, I was thinking, oh, should I? You know, maybe I need to like put some put some more bass on it. Maybe I need to, I don't know, put some more guitar on it. And then um, I think Peter and Michael just sort of felt like, no, this is this is done. And um, you know, yeah, I think we all just we all just kind of feel it instinctually when something is done. And um, adding more spices or more salt to the mix is just going to
0: throw off the balance essentially right you don't want to like george lucas tinker it with like star wars you just want to yeah you know, or, have... or you know chinese democracy and just yes under, yeah. 15 years on an album <laughs> exactly i know this one just uh came out would you guys have um any ideas for the follow-up to this album
1: no i think if we were a smart man we probably would have saved six of these songs <laughs> for our next record <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. No, we, we always put our best foot forward. And we're, you know, we, I think we will mess with the way we record um, the next, we do all of our own records in our own studio. We don't bring anybody in other than Brandon who is a really big part of the, me- the music making process. And I think a lot of times, Brandon will send something that's almost finished kind of finished and he'll, this goes back to your last question. Uh, he'll, if he hears something that we forgot to put on or obviously just didn't hear that needs to be there he'll put it on and every single time he's right it's like oh yeah we needed that base on that um but no we're, we'll probably mix it up next record and you know it. it i don't know it's going to be interesting because we think maybe we'll leave the the safe confines of our studio in union square in new york and maybe go make a record in el paso at sonic ranch or go out to dave catching studio in the uh rancho de la luna in in the the Southern California desert, which is a place that we've already booked time in, but then the pandemic kind of knocked that out. So we might go back and make that record that we were going to make in the desert. I don't know. It's kind of or it might be a combination of studios and producers that we work with and, and uh, do a couple songs with this person, do a couple songs with that person. I don't know We're it's the sky's the limit. But we have as we're touring for this record come of age, we'll hopefully find some time to write some new some new gems.
0: Right. Now where you record can you draw inspiration from the location?
1: Absolutely. We're a New York band. I mean, I feel like you walk around the right, you know, walk down the right block and you'll find a song on on a stoop somewhere. You know, I don't know there seems to be endless amount of energy and we've made all our music here, so it's clearly it has an effect on on us even though we all at times live in different places. Um interrupt to other stuff. This city always brings us back together.
0: Now I'm gonna go off on a quick uh, left turn here, Michael. Um, Do you have any uh, particular Dexter collectibles? Or do you have one thing you took from the show?
3: Um, I have his watch. Um, I had his little lanyard for a while, but I gave it to some kid. Um, I'm not really that sentimental when it comes to those kinds of artifacts, but um, I do have the clothes that he was wearing at the very end of this last reboot hanging in my closet. Okay. Um, And I have a number of dead bodies in my basement.
5: Okay, good.
0: I'll I'll edit that part out.
1: So.
3: Yeah.
0: Do you
1: have that 3D sculpture that that kid gave you on this last tour in Paris? Did that did I make it home okay?
3: Oh, yeah, I have that it right did. here. Well, oh. I know this is just an audio thing, but uh this isn't Dexter. But some guy did a 3D print. Oh wow! 3D printed this. Yeah, creepy, right? That's great. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah he stayed intact. I managed to get him home with that. But, um, yeah, Dexter, uh, yeah, I don't have a ton of stuff, to be honest. Just my memories.
0: Right. <laughs> and the bodies, of course. Um, yeah. Right. yeah, You guys, you know, videos are fantastic. Um, have you guys even thought about racing AI for any of the videos? What does
1: that even mean? I'm not even sure.
0: Because I was talking with um, a band, uh, Danny Warhols, and their um, latest uh, video was basically done with AI. So they would just type up a couple of phrases, what they wanted, and then it just generated the ideas and the video for them. Wow. Wow.
1: Let's do that, guys. (laughs) Yeah, we
0: should
3: do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should try that.
0: Yeah. So who is like the main, like, you know, idea man for the videos, is it? a band idea or do you bring the director who
3: um, who... more often than not, it's the director. I mean, I think, yeah, we, we, um, we like collaborating with people whose ideas we generally like. And I think it's fun to let somebody kind of run with an idea and be their um, guinea pigs. Um, I, I don't know. I can't think of a video we've made that, isn't to some degree like that. You know, I, we, like we haven't really ruled with an iron fist or any kind of fist, it's just sort of like an open hand, like do what you want. And uh, and that's been fun. Um, is that accurate? I think that's accurate.
2: Yeah, definitely.
3: Sure.
2: Yeah. I no, think so.
0: That's great. Well, Come of Age is out now. You guys are going on tour uh,
3: next month, right? Yeah, we yeah. have dates in December and some in uh, January as well. Okay.
0: All right. Well, best of luck with the tour and the album is fantastic and I can't wait to hear what's next from you guys.
1: Thanks so much, Noel.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All
0: right. Thank you so much. A special thanks to michael peter and matt from princess goes you can check out their website princessgoes.com follow them on x formerly twitter at princessgoes underscore they're also on facebook and if you have a guest suggestion for me you can follow me on twitter at the first small one nine or like the page really my youth on facebook if you like this episode there are plenty more you can subscribe to it on itunes while you're there please rate and review the show don't have itunes shows on spotify podbean amazon music basically wherever if you can find a podcast stay safe everybody we'll see you soon